Hello and welcome back to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. Now, as you know, we've kickstarted a season preview series with every team in the NFL or a fan of every team. And with me, I bring a new guest to the podcast. I bring with me Arizona Cardinals fan, Oliver Kent. How are you? Not too bad, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I can't complain. Um, now, we like to ask every new guest um, who comes on the podcast um, a few questions. So first of all, um, Ollie. Why the Cardinals? What made you pick the Cardinals? Um, well, it's an unfortunate one getting into the Cardinals. But um, no, when I first got into American football, I fell in love with uh, Tyra Matthew um, when he was at LSU. Mm-hmm. And then when he joined the league, um, he was obviously drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and then along with him and like Patrick Peterson and people like that, just stuck with them. And that was it, basically. Fair enough. And... Um, because for anyone who doesn't know, you are a um, university American football coach. So there's maybe a different answer to normal one. But how do you normally watch NFL on Sunday? Do you Are you a red zone man? Are you uh, just watch the Cardinals on Game Pass? Are you Sky Sports? How does your normal NFL Sunday play out? So um, I'm one of those sad people who has uh, red zone on one screen and um, the Cardinals on another screen um, through Game Pass normally. Yeah. Um, and it just depends on the kickoff, to be honest with you. Unfortunately, being a West Coast team, the uh, the timings aren't always great. But when I can watch a game, yeah, fantastic. So, twenty through off season. Uh, in terms of the ins and outs so far, the main ones coming in: uh, Marquise Brown from the Ravens, a wide receiver, running back Daryl Williams, um, and then main outs: uh, Chandler Jones, Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk, and Jack Crawford to retirement. In terms of the draft, uh, the, the main one really is tight end Trey McBride. Um, obviously, you sadly lost Jeff Gladney, um, and you re-signed AJ Green, James Connor, and Zach Ertz to new contracts, and also giving new deals to general manager Steve Keim and head coach Cliff Kingsbury all the way to 2027. So, overall, Ollie, um, the off-season general for Arizona, how do you think has gone? I think I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. I think. The, the draft got quite criticised heavily, um, you know, with the with the trade for Marquis Bound. I think a lot of people felt it was a it was an overbuy. You know, we valued him too high, but ultimately at that point the team knew about DeAndre Hopkins' suspension, right? And then it, it's very it's a, it's a weird one because it obviously ties into like the Kyler Murray contract situation as well. You know, you bring in your, his best mate, you know, someone he played with at college, keep him happy. Um, that can only you know benefit. Um, his contract situation in the long run. And obviously, like I say, with Hopkins out for a little period, um, you know, hopefully Hollywood feels that, um, you know, that one receiver sort of role, um, you know, within sort of our offence, typically Hopkins has been that X receiver guy, the, the standalone sort of guy. So, you know, I feel like it will be AJ Brown who, who takes that role, you know, in the interim. Um, and it lets uh, AJ Brown be the, the sort of move piece. Um, Trey McBride coming in as well. I think that's a really underrated one in the draft. Um, probably one of the, the better tight ends in the draft or the best tight end. Obviously, slight bias towards that. But I think it signifies sort of the shift that, that Cliff is making. Um, I think obviously when he joined the league, everyone sort of saw it as um, a Mickey Mouse college style offense and stuff like that. But what we've seen in the interim is he's he's come in and he's shifted more and he's changed his, his dynamics more. It's not always just four receivers out on the field, you know, Zach Ertz from last season as well as another addition that's quite key. We've now got Max Williams coming back healthy, hopefully. You add Trey McBride and you've got three legitimate tight end options in that offence. 
Um, Chase Edmonds is going to be missed, but um, you know Daryl Williams come in. Um, hopefully, we'll just pick up that slack straight away. Um, I think James Conner had a really underrated season actually last year. Um, Eighteen total TDs can never be you know taken for granted, um, and so I think the way that the moves we've made, we've sort of given ourselves flexibility to to change our identity a little bit. Whereas I think, you know, the issues we had last year with getting figured out at the end of the year, we were limited by who we had on the field at any one time. Um, but, but now we've got, we've got more options where, where one week we might say, let's put two, three tight ends out on the field and, and have James Connor as a power back. Um, and then a different week we can have, well, let's put Hopkins out there, AJ Green, Rondell Moore, who should take a big leap as well this year, and Hollywood Brown. Um, I think defensively is the biggest concern. Um, you know, Chandler Jones is obviously a premium guy, but ultimately I think if you look at his production last year, he was a ra- he was double-digit sacks. He was 10 sacks, but I mean, five of those came in week one against the Titans. Um, you know, so you're saying that for the rest of the remaining 16 games, you accumulated five and a half sacks, I believe it was. That's that's not incredible showing. So I think his production could definitely be replaced. Um, I just think the biggest thing on defense is that both our inside backers have got to step up. You know, the Simmons, um, Zayvon Collins have just really got to step up. And like you say, it's unfortunate with Jeff Gladney. Um so we'll see how that goes. I would have liked us to take a corner in the draft available. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, and you mentioned Cliff Kingsley before. Um, also, his record so far as an NFL coach is 24-24-1, so exactly 500. Um, what are your views? Obviously, he's seen as someone that was on the hot seat for at least before that season started. Obviously, he had the great start to the season and then obviously didn't end the season too well. But they're given a new deal. So obviously, they have faith. Um, high up, the owner has faith in both the GM and also Kingsbury. But what's your thoughts been on his time so far as a um, NFL head coach? Well, I think it's it's one of the more intriguing head coaching roles in the league. Right? If if Clifford just come into any other team, he wouldn't be under the same scrutiny. But because he was able to come in, given the reins, and he drafted Kyler number one overall, and that was on the basis of his sort of special connection and he's meant to be this offensive guru, he's much more heavily scrutinised on, on that front. Um, you know, whereas, you know, for example, I don't know, a, a Mike McCarthy comes in in the Cowboys and he's handed that Prescott. You know, there could be arguments that he didn't handpick him or, or anything like that, you know. So... So Cliff is under a little bit more scrutiny there. It doesn't help that they've got a special relationship with, you know, both of them having the same um, agent and things like that as well. Um, you know, there's a there's a element of people going, well, you know, what's going on there? Is he going to be fairly assessed? That kind of stuff. And I think it does, it does go hand in hand with that. But ultimately, the thing you can say with Cliff is since he's joined us year after year, it's improved, right? And you're hoping now that, like you say, it is a dead even 500 record, but he joined what? A three and 13 squad. We're now deadpan 500 playoff last year. You, the expectation is obviously playoff football again this year. You're hoping that that 500 starts tipping. Oh, it's only trending upwards. So is he perfect? Absolutely not. But has he, has he done well within period he's been with us so far? I would, I would say you can give him his dues. And I don't think the contract extension is massively, you know, overreaching or anything like that. Yeah, I know we get a lot of stick about the fact the last two years you started off really well in the season and collapsed. But I think 
for any coach to get a team 11 and 0, what was it 10 and 0, 11 and 0, whatever it was, for him 11, to get. It was 7 and 0, and then we lost to Green Bay off the fluke of AJ Green. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was getting that and the Steeders mixed up um, the year before. But yeah, I think that. Um, Obviously, we'll talk about him in a minute, but obviously Murray needs to step up. But I think Kingsbury, you know, he's getting seven and zero. I think it's a, it's a really good achievement. I think that's um, and obviously I think next year there'll be a lot of pressure because of how last season started to um, to do the same. And obviously, looking at the first, we will get into schedule later on, but it's quite a favourable opening nine games of the season. So you've got potential once again to um, to have a good start to the season. Uh, but yeah. yeah the, Big thing this offseason has been Kyler Murray, um, of course. The big thing came out when he deleted all his posts on Instagram and there's been a whole talk about his contract. What, where do you lie on the whole Kyler Murray situation? I, I personally think he should get paid. I mean, ultimately, like I said, it is a difficult one with with both Steve Kime and um, Cliff already being extended. Um, you you have forced your hand a little bit there, but ultimately I think Kyler knew what he was doing when, when he deleted things and, and created a little bit of an uproar. Again, it's, it's a unique situation where, where Kyler is the, one of the few people in the league where if he wanted to, he could just walk away from football and he'd still be way, well compensated in baseball. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's an interesting one. It's not like Baker Mayfield, for example, where it's like, well, we'll just replace you and you, you have to do as you're told and you can get whatever you can get. Right. Okay. Kyler has so many options. You know, plenty of other teams would want him. Um, and then, you know, he can he has that baseball option. So it's an interesting one. I will say this, though. So the rumoured money is, is expected to be the same as Deshaun Watson's, which, I mean, that's a whole different story, obviously. Different kettle of fish. But the rumoured figures are about five years, 230 million. You know, I think it's something like 8% guaranteed or fully guaranteed or something like that, which is, you know, it is crazy numbers. But the way I look at it is it averages out 46 million a year. Right. We've already seen a string of QBs getting new contracts, whether you agree with them or not. Right. In the last five years, the highest paid QB, so 2017's highest paid QB on a yearly average was Joe Flacco at 27 million. Right. We're now about to enter 2022 and it's going to be Aaron Rodgers at 50 million. So you're talking a 23 year leap in average yearly money in five years. Right. So look, the ex, you can you can debate about where Kyler is, you know, within the QB rankings and blah blah. And I personally think he's probably on the cusp of that top ten mark, and he does need a bit of a breakthrough. But ultimately, if you get him under contract, he's still got one year anyway. You get him under contract through to I believe it's it's like 29, 2028. If you're hoping he cracks into that upper echelon of players, yeah, you're talking about paying him forty six million on average in the years twenty twenty seven and, and twenty twenty eight right, where the league is already going to make a massive leap and he's going to look like a steal, right? If you think about the QBs around the rest of the league who are going to get paid, Justin Herbert's going to command over 50 million. Uh, Joe Burrow's going to command over 50 million, you know. And if you're hoping that he's in that that tier of the Josh Allens, the, the Patrick Mahomes, and that's what you expect from him, 46 million in two, three years' time is going to be an absolute steal, you know, because I can see the likes of Herbert, the likes of Lamar Jackson pushing that 50 barrier and, and teams going, oh, the Cardinals have got Kyler on cheap for, for 10 million less than every other, you know, top tier QB. So, so, you know, the economics of it is you do have to get locked up. And I know a lot of people, you know, since Mahomes has entered the league and Russell Wilson's done it, you know, they've won on their rookie deals and, and it seems advantageous and beneficial because you can obviously 
put more capital into the rest of the roster and, and build some talent. The majority of the people who win and are successful have top 10 paid QBs. You know, I don't think anyone over at Buffalo or, or Kansas is going, oh, we're being bled dry by Josh Allen. We're being bled dry by, you know, Patrick. same with Rodgers and, and people like that. And the only anomaly is Tom Brady, who obviously is taking cut rate deals for however long. But I just think you pay him, you know, because what's the alternative? You hit reset again and, and you just have another five years of slump. He's the best QB we've had since Carson Palmer. I just, you pay him what he wants at 46 million. You look back on it in two, three years time. It looks like a bargain. Yeah, everyone's happy. Yeah, I mean, I do feel he needs to do more personally, but I do agree with you the fact that, you know, it is the quarterback needs to be paid out. It's most important, this most important position on the field. And I think that for him, 46 million pounds, especially with now the wide receivers getting paid loads and all that, I think it's just going to further add to the cost of quarterbacks. I think with like Lamar Jackson as well, as well as Herbert and Burrow and people like that, um, I do think that they probably should pay him because I think you can get a quarterback in the draft. You can, you can get like I don't know, Arch Manning if you tank that much or you get someone else who's a big prospect, but there's no guarantee they'll be a star. And Murray Wells has not been perfect. He has shown at times last season, especially that he can be the franchise quarterback. So I think absolutely. And I had him 13th in my year. We did a quarterback ranking episode about a fortnight ago and I had Kyler Murray 13th. So I'm not sure how you feel about that, but... Um, I think it's probably fair. I think it's... Fair. Yeah, it's not a fair... Yeah. It's not harsh. I mean, he hasn't necessarily proved it. There's obviously areas of his game that are, um, you know, do need work on, but you can't deny that he does have something that a lot of QBs in the league don't have. Um, and I think, you know, I think the Cardinals were wrong not to, to sign him up as, as quickly as possible because even in between the period of him, you know, doing this whole deleting his social media. And it's just the way that athletes are nowadays. We live in, you know, the era of Instagram and, and things like that. You know, Derek Carr has just been given 46 million or 45 million in between when Kyler said he wanted his money. You know, you could have snapped it up there and then and gone, Kyler, here's your 40 million for five years, at 200 million, you know, and you'd be laughing right now because you go, well, they've just paid yeah. Derek an extra 6 million. We're <laughs> laughing. So I do think, Time is a is a thing, in, mm. especially TV rights deals, and the cap number is only just going to get bigger. Um, you know, like you say, the wide receiver market shows just how crazy the numbers are going to start changing. Lock him in, be happy with your investment. Trust that if you if you back to your coach and you've extended him, then you have to trust in him to maximise the most out of Murray and make him that forty six million man every year. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, he's lost. Hopkins, you mentioned Hopkins for six games. Um, do you think that affecting that much losing DeAndre Hopkins? Do you think that's going to be a big thing, or do you think because of the favourable, some of the favourable games in that um, first six, it might be okay? Uh, I think it will. I think it's less so. It's less so about Murray. I think it's more so about Cliff um, because Cliff does like that sort of that exposition, you know, kind of guy, right? And and Hopkins wasn't a move piece for us last year. He, he just, he was locked in there and, and obviously he commands a lot of double teams and he, he manipulates the defense and they change how they do it. And, um, you know, certainly within the division as well, you've got, you know, people like Jalen Ramsey and, you know, you need that sort of upper echelon wide receiver who, you know, if the worst comes to worst and the scheme isn't there, it's a 50, 50 and it's not really a 50, 50 because you favor Hopkins to be, you know, a 60, 40 kind of guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I, my prediction of it is, is, you know, AJ Green will, will try and fill that role. Um, you know, 
all I can say with that is he's not being paid the same money as Hopkins. So to ask him to just replicate it <laughs> isn't really, you know, it's we know yeah. that's not the case. But like I say, you know, Trey McBride comes in, Zach Ertz with full year. That's something that's underestimated as well. You know, Ertz joined halfway through um, the season, you know, learning the offense and stuff. He's now had a full off season as well. Um, you know, James Connor was was a, a spellback. He was splitting reps with um, Chase Edmonds. So now maybe he gets plenty more touches and, and he becomes a thousand yard back and potentially 20 yard, uh, 20 touchdown uh, running back on the year or whatever. Um, and then, you know, AJ Brown gets to be the move piece. Rondell Moore needs to take a massive leap. Um, you know, with the departure of Christian Kirk, you know, the hope is that that is Rondell Moore's role to, to fill. And maybe if Cliff doesn't use him on a screen 20 times a game and actually <laughs> pushes him downfield or whatever, then I think ultimately there's enough weapons on that Cardinals offense, even without Hopkins. Um, and like we say, Cliff's had issues with the trail end of the year. Perhaps he benefits from getting him back in week seven or whenever it is, you know. Um, it's not it's not good to be seven and zero. It's better to be seven and zero down the stretch when it when it matters. All the best teams, the playoff teams, those final six seven games, that's when they're hot. No one cares about week one Kansas City Chiefs. It's it's <laughs> week seventeen Kansas City Chiefs. So um, I think it is blown out a little bit. It'll be stressful, but I think there's been moves on offense that that give us potential to manage it. Yeah, and I could agree more. I've mentioned before on many episodes before, especially last year when the Chiefs were struggling. That you've seen the Patriots years ago, and when and that when the, the height of their dynasty, they'd always start off, you know, particularly the mid 2010s where they'd start off really badly. I remember the Patriots losing to the Detroit Lions, I think, in early on, and people saying, "Is this the end of the dynasty?" And in the end, they, I think, they won it all or got to two bowl at least. But I think um, I do think that people pay way too much attention to how a team starts where really a team can be it could be six and six or five and five or even three and four something like that but you have a good run down the end of the season you're going to get to playoffs in good form and then you're going to have a great postseason well on the flip side some teams have an amazing start think of the Steelers when they went 11 and 0 and then they had a terrible end of the year and they lost to the Browns in that wildcard round so I do think that that's a good point about Hopkins. I think having him back late on in the season could be actually quite big. Give him a few weeks to rest, get his body fresh, especially he's not exactly a young receiver either. He might need a few weeks just to keep his body going for the rest of the year. Um, speaking of which, we get the final part of our podcast is going to be the schedule predictor. Now, in our, in our last podcast, Freddie predicted 10 wins for his Steelers. So we'll see how Ollie does with his Cardinals prediction. So week one at home to the Chiefs. Win, loss, or tie? I'm I'm gonna say it's a loss. We I'm gonna say it's a loss to the Chiefs week one. And then next up, you're on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh I'm I'm gonna say that's a win. I'm gonna say it's like a narrow win, but I think you squeak it, it's a win. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Raiders, I think they're an interesting one because they got such a good team, but I do think that, you know, that division is going to be so tough. I just think okay. that I think they'll be the one that out of the fourth, I think three or two will make and I can't see your four. And I do think the Raiders might be the one that does miss out. I think as well, you can't underestimate McDaniels coming in first year. There's going to be a few mm. kinks to figure out and stuff like that. And it's only week two. So it might be advantageous. Yeah. And also he's not exactly got the best record as a head coach in the NFL. No. 
I know it was the Browns and it was, a, I think it was the Broncos as well. And no, definitely the Browns. That's not a good organization to be a head coach in. But um, yeah. that is interesting how Broncos as well actually have got a new head coach. Interesting how they'll do, even though they've got Russell Wilson now. It's a new head coach. Um, so it's interesting how they'll do as well. Whereas, you know, Brandon Staley's already been in the NFL year. And of course, Andy Reid's been in the NFL for years. So um, interesting how the Raiders will do, even with Devontae Adams. Um, week three against the at home to the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, that's that is a really tough one. I'm I'm gonna say we lose that one at home. Yeah, I think they'll be there and about again. For me, I can't see it being anyone but the Rams, Buccaneers, or Packers winning our NFC in end of January really yeah yeah that's going to be a tough game um slightly easier um on the road to the Panthers <laughs> now you you say this but the Panthers have had our number and even Matt Rule has had our number um I just think a bit of instability at QB um they lack a bit of rhythm I mean last year when we played them it was it was just the Cam Newton show they just went quiet for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think obviously that's going to probably be hopefully a win for us. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, week five at home to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm, I'm going to say that's a win for us. Um, still think they've got a bit of a way to go to the Eagles. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that's a win for us. Do you reckon? I think the Eagles could be a surprise team. I think that. They had a really good draft, and I think that I really like what Siriana did last year. So I think the Eagles might even win the NFC East. I think they benefit from a poor NFC East division. Absolutely. Having said that, I just I just don't see Jalen Hurts being the man for them. Um, you know, they've obviously got weapons and they've got some decent talent, but there is some age in there as well. Um, you know, on its on its back nine, um, and they're hardly a win now contender. Um, so I think I'd probably give us the edge on that one, yeah. Fair play. Um, week six, on the road to the Seattle Seahawks. I want to say win for us. Um, obviously, losing Russ is massive, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's it's the Seahawks. They just have always been competitive, always been good. Um, Pete Carroll just has had our number for a little while now, and um, I think it, it depends on the Baker Mayfield situation. The links to the Seahawks potentially. I think Baker's considerably underrated in the league. Um, you know, a healthy Baker Mayfield in the Seahawks might not might not be too too fun to go up against. So is that saying a loss for that one? No, I'm gonna say win. I'm gonna say win. All right. I like the confidence. I, I think Baker Mayfield, I think everyone forgets how last year he was injured for a lot of that year. So um, much. And the year so before much. he was he was brilliant the year before. So um yeah, I think he'll yeah. be great, especially when P. Cowell's run of first offence, I think will help Baker. They won't be quite as reliant on him, on him sort of passing the ball all the time. I do think that that will help Baker as well, especially coming back from the injury. That will, that will help him, I think. So I think he'll be a good pickup for them, or Carolina, to be honest, Baker Mayfield. Um, week seven, at home to the New Orleans Saints. Again, it's a, bit of a, it's, a, it's a bit of a wild card one. The Saints do look really good, actually. It's a very, very good roster. The wild card is just, it's Jameis Winston. How does Jameis Winston play? You know, are you getting the five touchdown, zero inception Jameis Winston, or are you getting the, the three for three Jameis Winston? Um, it's, a, it's a sticky one. Um, I'm going to give us the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say we win that. Um, although having said that, 
The Seahawks game before is a midweek one, so he might be a bit lagged over. No, I'll say we'll win it. I'll say we win it. Okay. And then week eight on the road to the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to say we win it as well. I'm going to say we win it as well. Cautious Kirk. Um, I say we win it. Yeah. Fantastic. And then week nine, returning once again um, against at home to the Seattle Seahawks. I think they're going to beat us at home. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then week 10, another division opponent um, on the road to the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to give that to the Rams as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, Week 11, back at home this time against Mexico. Mexico. Oh, yes, it's Mexico, isn't it? Yeah. Mexico, yeah. We forgot that. Yeah, that's going to be... Um, that stage was amazing, isn't it, that one? So. It is crazy, yeah. Um, again, another one. It, how does Trey Lance play out? Like, I'm going to give it to us um, based on, you know, they probably do have a better roster than us, um, but it's it's the Trey Lance, you know, experience. How does How does he do? Um, so I'm going to say that's that's us. Yeah, I'll, I'll back us there. I still think that it'll be Jimmy Garoppolo by now. I still think he's. You gonna, really think? Yeah, I think this reports that he's underwhelming in in the training camp and all that. And I think there's, I think there's no harm. They'll know themselves from Steve Young back in the day that there's no harm in letting a quarterback sit for two, three, four years. So I think Jimmy G right now. I know he's no, he is mediocre. He's not perfect. He is sort of. No as the system quarterback but I do think that he does win games and I think his his record is amazing as a starter despite it being knocked down to him so I think if they keep winning games I think they'll start week one with Jimmy Garoppolo and I think that if they keep winning games I think they'll keep him in until something goes wrong essentially so I, I, I think that Trey Lance two years time will be the start no doubt but I think maybe for this year they'll give Jimmy G one more one more season even like a last dance sort of scenario Maybe, maybe I don't. I think I think Jimmy G's leash is a little shorter than than people um, expect. Um, and and the thing is with that whole situation is if you think if you know that Jimmy G isn't the guy, but you think that Trey Lance might be, yeah, then why waste time? Why? What's the point? You know, it's the same with the Browns. If the Browns know that Baker Mayfield isn't their guy. Yeah. And is it going to be him? That's why they went and got Watson. Yeah. So, and it's the same with the Cardinals as well. The whole reason we dumped off Josh Rosen. Yeah. We didn't think that we knew that Josh Rosen wasn't the guy. We yeah. thought Kyler Murray was going to be the guy. So that's it. So, you know, the league never sits still and it doesn't stagnate. So, yeah, be interesting. But I'll, I'll say that's a win for us. Yeah. Okay. And then week 12, another one at home, this time against the Los Angeles Chargers. Tough. It is tough that. Chargers are going to be really good this year. Um, I'm going to say that's a loss. I am going to say that's a loss. I really fancy the Chargers this year, even in that division. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like Staley. I like his whole coaching um, style. And I think that getting J, um, JC Jackson, getting Khalil Mack. Yeah, the moves they've made have oh, been insane. really impressive. Really impressive. And Justin Herbert, in my eyes, is probably top five in the league he's, he's yeah. at the bottom end of the top five he's probably at five but he is honestly exceptional yeah I think I had him seventh I think on my list I think I'd only also I had Barrow fifth and Wilson sixth and the top four sort of explains it itself but um, yeah, yeah. yeah I 
I think he's been in now. It makes me even more upset seeing him do well when we could have taken him at five, but we chose two instead. <laughs> even though I think he'll do well this year, I think that we think think okay, okay. Yeah. Um, week 13 to bite. So week 14 um, at home to the New England Patriots. Oh, it's a, see, it's an interesting one because it's an interesting relationship because Cliff has been in that building and he knows how it, how it operates. Um, you know, Matt Jones is Mr. Consistent and they will have the answers. But I'm going to say, coming off the back of a bye, I think we win. I do think we win. Yeah. I will take the, I'll take the, the win. Yeah. And then week 15 um, is on the road to Denver Broncos. Again, I'm going to say that's a win. I know it might be a bit controversial, but um, we've, We've had enough of experience with Russ. I think we'll know what they're kind of trying to do. Um, I'll take, yeah, we'll take the, we'll take the win. Yeah. Okay. And then week sixteen at home. Loss. Loss. Don't need to say it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a great game. Christmas Day, Buccaneers. That will be fun. But um, you know, anyone who bets against Tom Brady is is foolish for for obvious reasons. So. Yeah. I don't think there'll be much of a drop-off. It's an internal hire at head coach as well. Mm. Um, it's not going to be brand new. It, you know, everything tick over. Squad looks relatively, you know, the same from last year. The roster's, you know, going to be good. So I, I can't bet against the, the Bucks on that one. I think the Bucks take it, yeah. yeah. And that is actually like an amazing day. We got 6pm UK time as Packers against Dolphins. Then you got yeah. uh, Broncos Rams at half nine UK time. Then one in the morning on Boxing Day is Buccaneers Cardinals with yeah. um, Chargers Colts the following morning. So that's quite a good um, day for NFL fans. But sadly, um, on the 22nd, you got uh, Jags Jets. So you've got a real <laughs> contrast of, um, of games there. <laughs> um, so you're going from one of the best teams in the league to one of the worst. Uh, in the Atlanta Falcons, you travel to there in week 17. Win yeah, I think we win that. We win that, yeah. yeah. I think we win that. And then finally, week 18, against once again playing the 49ers this time on the road how will you end the season I, I think we win that as well I do think we win that as well fantastic so that means if my math is correct still getting used to the 18 games a year you've put your team down as being 11 and 6 which you'd assume especially in the NFC that will make yeah. the playoffs um, yeah. quick extra prediction you get into the playoffs with that record how far are you going it's 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 so easy to just say we go one and done and, and that's it. And, and Cliff hasn't proved it and Kyla hasn't proved it. Um, you know, I think health is such an important thing. Um, you know, we were talking about rosters earlier and stuff. I can't remember the last time the Cardinals finished, you know, decently healthy. Um, everyone likes to slander, you know, Cliff's records was the end last year. We lost Hopkins down the stretch mm. and JJ Watt are literally well, two yeah. of our best players. Yeah. Literally two of our best players on the other side of the ball. You know, how many how many teams can say that if they lost, you know, two of their best players on the other side of the ball, you know, the Rams lose Jalen Ramsey and they lose Cooper Cup. Are they the same team? No. So I'm going to say we go one and one. I say we win the playoff. It's enough for everyone to be satisfied that Kyler can win in the playoffs and that Cliff can win in the playoffs. And then we lose out the next week and we get dumped out. Yeah. 
Fair play, fair play. Um, so that is the end of our Cardinal season preview. Um, Ollie, of course, you mentioned at the start, you are the um, coach of the Panthers, the Brighton Panthers University team. Um, how's the preparation going for the next season, your end? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been enjoying a welcome break, actually, over the summer. Yeah. Um, I could have got involved with some of the, the adult stuff, but to be honest, I've been a spectator. I've gone and watched some stuff. It's been great. Um, rubbing elbows with some people, um, changes to coaching staff a little bit down there um, we should be resuming um september um so give us a couple of months run up to the season um touch base with everyone again in august um and then yeah just crack on the the alignments have just come out the schedule comes out in august um so we'll know where we're at final few details towards the end of august and we'll just hit the ground running and, and we're back straight into it yeah awesome um but yeah thank you very much for coming on ollie and we'll catch no you worries. Thanks so much for having me, Andy. No problem at all. Thank you, Ollie.